morning, and welcome to episode 89 of Effectively Wild, the Baseball Prospectus Daily Podcast. In New York, New York, I am Ben Lindbergh, and in Long Beach, California, where we haven't heard crickets for weeks, uh, Sam Miller. Are they all gone? You know what? Actually, they um, they are here. They just don't seem to chirp in the winter, well, is what I'm learning. They're probably this. terrified. If they make a sound, you'll go stomp on them. Could be. <laughs> I found one uh, not too long ago. There was one in my attic, uh-huh. and uh, that was um, – I got it quickly. I, I actually found it and got it, but there was a period for about 15 minutes where I just thought, well, okay, I'm going to move because <laughs> when there's an a- there's a cricket in your attic, it is deafening, and it's all the time. By got it, of course, you mean – Hunted it down and exterminated Stomped it. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not yeah. sugarcoat things. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm fascinated by that that side of you. That kills, <laughs> that kills <crickets>. <laughs> um, <laughs> so yesterday I brought a topic and today is the next day, which means that you brought a topic. What topic did you bring? Evan Longoria. Okay. Uh, what do you have to say about Still Longoria? So... Um, I was just, I guess my, I, I mean, I don't know, there, there are some angles to take on his extension. Some of them are predictable. Maybe there are some that are not predictable. But um, I think that uh, my question that I have more than anything is um, after the last year or maybe even two years of hearing about how much money is about to flow into the game um, through these TV contracts, have players just not heard about this? Do players not read uh, the blogs and such? Because they, there doesn't seem to be um, – there. I mean this is this was kind of a giveaway. And I mean I totally get it from Evan Longoria's perspective. Um, but I don't know. Where are the players demanding insane raises, Ben? Uh well, maybe Evan Longoria thinks this is an insane raise. If he was happy with his first extension, maybe he is just—he's overjoyed with this one. I'm uh, sure he is overjoyed to have the I money. I mean, sure, but... anyone would be happy with that amount yeah. of money. Um, I mean, it's possible that Evan Longoria is not a good negotiator, <laughs> or that his agent isn't. <laughs> They're just kind of—I uh, mean, his first extension was, of course, famously team-friendly, and this is not quite team friendly to that extent but um to a lesser extent it seems to be uh i don't know i guess the i mean maybe it's the tv money that enables the rays to make this deal at all uh the rays having a hundred million dollar player is not something that we've seen before so even if it is a good deal maybe it's not a risk that they could have taken before with the old TV contracts where they were getting half as much money a year uh, from that, or they would have been. Um, so as for why he's not holding out for more, I don't know. I, it seems like, I don't know if free agency is delayed at all this year. Not a whole lot of big names have signed, but of course we're not even quite at the winter meetings yet. So there's been some speculation that teams kind of are holding off on bidding because the prices are high. And I did an article, I guess it was last week, on how the players who had signed so far didn't seem to be making extraordinary amounts of money, or at least it it didn't seem to be any greater than usual inflation so far. But uh, it's possible that those are just kind of the 
the first dominoes to fall are the guys who would not have held out for a lot of money and that the the, the big name long-term guys are just all kind of waiting or, or teams are waiting and hoping that the demands will come down. I don't know, but we certainly have seen a, a trend towards long-term extensions, it seems like. Um, I remember Colin Wires wrote an article at BP, I think it was uh, earlier this year, maybe in April, where he said that if teams kept extending all their players and locking them up through their free agency years, that it would be possible that they'd end up spending more money because the few free agents left who were not locked up to long-term deals would have such great leverage because they're the only free agents available on the market that teams would have to overpay for those guys. Uh, so he speculated that maybe it would come back to bite teams in some sense. I don't know that we will see that. I mean, obviously, any time that there's something that is bought or sold, there is both, you know, there's supply and there's demand. There are two forces operating on any market. And I've always sort of imagined, and I think I think this is probably true, but I've always imagined that the limits on salaries are are, are generally from the revenue side, that, that teams want to win, um, that they get perhaps emotional about winning and perhaps irrational about winning and they spend the money that they can afford to spend to win in most cases and so if there's more money in the game as has historically been the case there will be more money going to the players um but of course there's also the supply side and i mean there is i don't know it is conceivable i guess it's conceivable that there are actually um that there are enough kind of i don't know that there is a large enough pool of players out there that um that uh i don't know that maybe players do kind of maybe there are enough players that they're kind of robbing each other of some leverage that i mean obviously evan longoria is not a player that you can even easily replace um by another six win player but maybe there are enough players out there who are one and two win players that are sort of easily available that um that teams don't really have quite as much of a of a need to spend big money to fill out their roster and of course i mean it is the case that from a player's perspective um they are all getting paid way more than they you know require to actually do this job i mean most of them would do it for a lot less if that's what it came to and so um i don't know i think that this is probably just maybe a little bit of a lag, and once uh, maybe once more teams are on equal footing with TV contracts, we'll see the spending blow up. Um, but I don't know. It is interesting that this offseason, uh, I can't really, other than the Dodgers, I can't really think of any moves where you looked at it and said, wow, that, that team has that money. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, uh this one doesn't make you think that at all? No, not at, not at all. In fact, I, I, it makes me think just the opposite. I mean, it's such a prudent move. I mean, I keep seeing it sort of phrased like, oh, well, now that they've signed Longoria to this deal, will they have enough money to extend David Price? And the fact is that Longoria is is um, uh, now that he now that he's cost controlled, now that they know that they you know that they've uh, that they've got a potential superstar for sixteen million dollars a year for the next decade. Uh, it actually frees them up to spend the money elsewhere. They they know that they've got their cornerstone. I mean, obviously, it could go wrong. They might 
get stuck with a guy who's not contributing. There are precedents for players like Longoria um, aging very poorly and, and aging very early. But basically what they know is that they don't have to go spend 20, $28 million on a free agent to bat fourth and play at a corner. They got their guy, and he only cost $16 million. Mm-hmm. So now they essentially have that extra money to, to play with. I mean, this is... As far as I can tell, um, just all about cost control and having um, more flexibility in the future, not less. For, and in addition to that is the fact that his uh, his no trade rights uh, don't kick in for five more years. Hmm. Uh, I mean, it absolutely blows me away that Longoria didn't get a no trade clause <laughs> in this. I I mean, I guess like he just maybe he just doesn't like to ask for things, <laughs> right? Uh, because it I mean it really is the easiest contract in the world to move. I mean, the, the Rays, you know, should probably trade him <laughs> right now. It's, you know, it's he's he is, again, the most valuable trade commodity in baseball. And if, uh, you know, if they're worried at all about the long-term uh, consequences of having this money on their books, well, goodness gracious, there are 28 or 27 teams that are would just be thrilled to give up everything in their farm system for Longoria at this point, I think. Mm-hmm. There are the injury concerns, I suppose, uh, which maybe could have deflated his price a little bit. The fact yeah, that but he... it's a hamstring. Yeah, um, but it's sort of a a thing that has repeated or a couple times. Or I guess it was it was the quad in 2010 was an issue, and then it was an oblique in 2011. Uh, and then there was a foot thing last year, I think, or he, he had surgery for, I guess it was for the hamstring, uh, or for a foot in 2011, like a year ago. And then he just recently had some sort of procedure on his hamstring. So it's something, I guess it's a factor. It's not that scary. Um, when you consider how little money he will be making relative to what he's worth if he is healthy or even if he isn't healthy, really. Even if he just kind of plays 120, 30 games a year, uh, he will probably be worth this contract. Yeah, I think it, depending on what you think about salary inflation, mm-hmm. basically, if you accept that the options were all going to be picked up and you just you know, you know just start this on the, the final six years... Um, he basically needs to be worth probably 12 million, uh, 12 wins in those six years, which is league average. Pakoda had him uh, at about 19. So, I mean, you know, it's not like it's not a it's not a huge gap. It's not like they it's probably not comparable to I mean, it, it certainly is not comparable to the first deal that they signed with him. Um but it's a nice move. I, the interesting thing about these moves, all these moves, anytime you see a move like this, is that the dynamic is is um, is very clear, and you see how that dynamic helps teams in that um, they can take on a lot more risk than the the person can. The person only gets to sign this, you know, to to make money once. The the person gets to play one career, and there's a sort of uh, there's there's a natural fear that you know if Longoria walks in front of a bus tomorrow. Then he doesn't get any money. I mean, he gets 17 million, which is nice, but he doesn't have, um, you know, four generations of of money in his bank account, and so he can't really take that risk. And clubs can, um, and so you know, for them, this is just, um, you know, just like being an insurance company and taking on risk and making a little bit of profit on each one. But the Rays, if there's any team that has less of a um, 
you know, less of a margin for risk than the player, it might be the raise. So, um, I mean, I, I don't know. I can sort of see why people get it from the raise uh, perspective as taking on this risk. But to me, the money is just so small. Once you factor in inflation, once you figure out what what $16 million or $20 million actually means in 10 years, I mean, you're talking about yeah, I mean, a guy who's basically going to get paid like, you know. It's not really a risk if it's it, like if the raise are going to exist as a team, then it's not that big a risk. If there's a risk that they're just going to go bankrupt and not exist anymore, then it's a problem to commit this amount of money. But otherwise, I mean, unless they're going to kind of chug along in current Marlins mode and not pay anyone anything, uh, if their situation gets so dire that they can't afford a really good player on an affordable contract, then... I guess they have bigger problems than just Evan Longoria. If they uh, had just released him and made him a free agent, how much do you think he makes (laughs) as a free agent this offseason? What do the Dodgers pay him? Man, uh, he is, what, 27. He just turned 27. Uh, I would think that he gets a 10-year deal uh, for, I don't know, maybe like Votto kind of range. Possibly. Votto range is like 240 or 240. Yeah, uh, I will look it up. But yes. So Prince Prince got 9 and, and 214, I think. Uh-huh. So 216, something like that. So you have to think Longoria would get more than Prince, right? Yes, definitely. Um, so yeah, I could, you know, maybe 10 and 270, mm-hmm. maybe. <sighs> Man. Uh- so yeah, so I mean, I, honestly, like, I, it would be interesting just, I think if I were. The raise just for fun. I might do like a Kevin Towers thing and sort of <laughs> right. float, Razor float him out there just to see what what right. you could get. But like like you take a team like the Dodgers, which would obviously love you know that that's where their need is, their base. They have the money. They can take on the the contract. I honestly don't think that the Dodgers have um, an organization capable of being worth Evan Longoria. Like I don't think that they could trade their entire organization for Evan Longoria unless they send a whole bunch of money back, you know, like they could you obviously every, fill in every cash. they can give up Matt Kemp and take on the salary. But mm-hmm. like, I don't think that their entire farm system is worth Evan Longoria at this point. And I don't know that they have enough. Pr- well, I guess Kershaw is so, okay. So they have Kershaw. Never mind. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, I guess. Well, but you're kind of talking about, I mean, it's the surplus value, right? I mean, yeah. it's the difference between, what Longoria is getting paid and what he's worth. So you're saying that that difference would be worth more than every Dodgers prospect, you think? Yeah, like, well, that I would say that that difference certainly would be. I mean, if that if we're saying that Longoria, Longoria is going to get $136 million over the next 10 years, if we're saying that he would get, you know, 250 in a 10-year deal. Mm-hmm. So he's essentially he's $110 million in surplus value right now. Mm-hmm. I doubt that the Dodgers, I doubt the Dodgers farm system is worth half that. Huh. Yeah, that could be. I forget. Uh, I remember Kevin did an article on, like, at any particular time, there there is a certain, uh, there tends to be a certain number of players in a farm system who go on to be anything. Uh, and it was not a lot of players. Um, maybe like one star or like a, an average guy, like a couple average guys and a few role players or something. So, yeah, that sounds possible. Um, hmm. Can I tell you my favorite factoid? Yes. From today about this, mm-hmm. 
This is from uh, Jeff Passan. Uh, until Monday, the most money the Rays had ever guaranteed a player was $35 million on December 4th, 1997 for Wilson Alvarez <laughs> before they had played a single game. <laughs> that is a good factoid. And they even got a team option. The they traditional did. Rays team option. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> at one point, at what point do does there come a point at which teams stop negotiating with the Rays because they've just never seemed to get the losing end of a deal? You it, just have to. I mean, I I think that to um to get to that stage in your career, you have to have enough confidence that you don't think that you're going to get beat by yeah, I guess. by a trade so i don't know they they the rumor was always that after moneyball there were teams that wouldn't deal with billy bean anymore i always wondered whether there was because any they evidence were afraid or because they didn't like they were afraid yeah he wrote a book about himself well the rumor and i was not that involved with baseball at the time um but the rumor that i remember was that they were afraid and i always thought that somebody should uh, go back and look and see if there's any evidence of that mm. in the record. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. I wouldn't trade with them. I mean, I guess I would because with, they have with Friedman. Yeah, yeah. Well, their their needs are so different than most teams' needs um, that you could certainly make a trade that works for both for both parties. I think. Yeah, I guess so. I'd be nervous about it though. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I still can't believe he didn't get a no trade clause. <laughs> Yeah, I know. It just blows me away. I mean, think about the frenzy that is going to exist in 2016 and 2017 as that 10 and 5 is looming and <laughs> that he is the new Felix. Uh-huh. Is, and it's just nothing but it doesn't make sense for the Rays to trade Evan Longoria. <laughs> oh, can't wait. It's going to be for constant. Years worth of articles about that. Should start him now. I guess we just did. <laughs> yeah, I guess we did. All right. All right. Uh, I guess we're done. So uh, email us, and we will answer your emails on tomorrow's show. Uh, we need emails to talk about. So send us some at podcast at baseballperspectus.com, and we will talk to you tomorrow in episode 90.